today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Romans. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com. And if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now. Let me invite you to go ahead and take your Bible and turn with us, because I know it's going to be a blessing to you. We're in the seventh chapter of the book of Romans. Up to this point, Paul has identified man's problem as being the sin nature. And every civilization since the dawn of time has tried to deal with the sin nature through and by the means of law. Don't do this, don't do that, and whatever the case. And society determines one's righteousness by their obedience to the law. If I do the right thing, then I'm a good person. And if I do the bad thing, then I'm a bad person. Uh, Paul said in Romans 3 and verse 10 that there's none righteous. No, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. But law has always been and probably always will be man's default position for dealing with the sin nature. There has to be something uh, put in place in order to keep order in society. And man uses this, like I said, as a means to obtain righteousness. That's all man knows. But God deals with the sin nature through and by the means of grace. Now, under the old covenant, God gave the Ten Commandments. And he gave it to identify what sin was and to show man that he had a sin nature and to show man just how incapable he was of even keeping the simplest of laws. But here's where grace comes in. Along with the law, God gave the sacrificial system. When someone failed in keeping uh, the law of God, they could take a lamb and offer it up and be forgiven for their sins. And that lamb was to be without spot and blemish. And that lamb, of course, pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ. When John the Baptist introduced the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And under the new covenant, Jesus Christ died once for all for the wages of sin is death. When Jesus died on Calvary, he paid in full man's sin debt. And the resurrection was proof that what Jesus did at the cross atoned for all sin. And with the sin debt now having been paid, that opened up the door for the Holy Spirit to come in a new way. Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 14 and verse 17, he said, Now you have the Spirit 
and he dwells with you, but he shall be in you. That is known as cherished grace, the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. And if we'll cooperate with the Holy Spirit, and Paul put it this way, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not then fulfill the lust of the flesh. Paul also said in Romans chapter 8 and verse 4 that the righteousness of the law is fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. And walking after the flesh means that we're trying to live for God by our own, um, in our own strength, ability, talent, whatever the case, doing and not doing certain things which is equivalent to law. Now in the seventh chapter of the book of Romans, Paul gives us his personal experience of trying to live for God through and by the means of law right after he was saved. He said there in verse 9, Romans chapter 7, verse 9, he said, For I was alive without the law once. Now that's right after Paul got saved. He said, But when the commandment came, when Paul began to focus on the law. He said, sin revived, that's the sin nature coming back to life in his life, and I died. The situation was so bad. If you look down in verse 24, Paul said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And that is not a good situation for anyone to be in. All right, let's take a look at verse 2. In verse 2, the Apostle Paul likens our relationship to law as a marriage relationship. Um, Romans 7, verse 2. A woman that has a husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he lives. Now, in this analogy, uh, humanity is the woman who is bound by her husband, the law. He went on to say there in verse 2, But if the husband dies, then she is loosed from the law of her husband. In our case, Christ fulfilled the law, and that means that it's dead now. And not only is the law dead to the believer, but we're dead to it. If you look there in verse 4, Romans 7 and verse 4, he said, Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. And this goes back, of course, to Romans chapter 6 and verse 3, where Paul said, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Uh, when Jesus died, we died with him. Uh, the bottom line is this. Our relationship to the law, ladies and gentlemen, is dead. And that leaves us now free to marry the Lord Jesus Christ. If you'll look there in the latter part of verse 4, Romans chapter 7, verse 4, he said that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. You and I as believers are married to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the only way that we are going to bring forth fruit unto God is for us to be fully committed and faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ, which means we're trusting in what he did for us at the cross to supply our every need. Now, the problem is we're all attracted to law. that It's all we've ever known. 
And when things in our Christian experience is not going like we think it ought to go, uh, we're just not feeling it anymore, or things are just not happening as quickly as we think it ought to be, we're still having a problem with certain things, uh, we don't necessarily divorce Christ, we just commit ourselves to what we've always known, which is law. And Paul said in verse 3 of Romans chapter 7, if her husband is alive and she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. And that's where many Christians are today, and they don't even know it. They're living a life of spiritual adultery. They're married to Christ, but at the same time, they've committed themselves to some other way, which depends on the flesh. And Paul said in Romans chapter 7 and verse 5, that's where we want to pick it up at today, Romans chapter 7, verse 5, For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. For when we were in the flesh, let's take a look at that phrase for just a moment. Uh, for when we were in the flesh, that can either refer to when we were in an unsaved state or trying to overcome sin in our lives by our own efforts after we were saved. Either way, uh, it's in the flesh. And I really don't think we realize uh, what we're up against here. We're talking about the spirit world of darkness. And the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 6 and verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And if you want some idea as to what we're up against, you can take a look over in the ninth chapter of the book of Revelation, and you can get some idea of what these demon spirits look like and whatever the case. But we're up against now the sin nature. And the sin nature is a deadly thing. It has killed every single human being that has ever lived. And as we've stated several times, there's only two ways to address the sin nature. It's either by the means of law, which depends entirely on our own efforts, the flesh, or it's through and by the means of grace, which depends on the Holy Spirit. Now, if we try to do this thing, uh, within ourselves by the means of law. Paul said there in Romans 7 verse 5 that the motions of sins is going to work in our members. That's the sin nature working once again in our hearts and lives going full throttle. And uh, the, the sin nature works through the members of the physical body. The eyes look at things they shouldn't be looking at. Uh, our ears are listening to things we shouldn't be listening to. Our mouths are saying things we ought not to be saying. And our minds start to thinking about things we don't need to be thinking about. And all of that brings forth fruit unto death. And let me tell you, the fruit of an active sin nature is always going to be an ungodly lifestyle. And the end result being death, uh, which is separation from God. In verse 6... Romans chapter 7, verse 6. But now we are delivered from the law, 
that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Let's take a look at that first phrase there, but now we are delivered from the law. We need to understand that Christ has delivered us from the law. All of humanity is held in bondage by law, which demands obedience and punishment for disobedience. Jesus was our representative. He kept the law of God perfectly, and he even satisfied the demands of punishment for breaking the law. He paid the ultimate price for the worst of crimes ever committed, which was crucifixion. And you can read that in Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 22. He died the most horrifying death that one could ever imagine. And when he did that, he satisfied the law totally, absolutely, and completely. And our union with Christ means that the law is now dead to us, and we're no longer held accountable to the law. But now I know there's some out there who would say, well, if that's the case, then I can just go out here and do whatever I want to do. No, as a child of God, we're held accountable to the Spirit of God. Paul said that we should serve in newness of the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. That's grace, cherished grace, the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life, and that we're not to serve in the oldness of the letter, and that's the law. I think Paul summed it up best when he wrote in the fifth chapter of the book of Galatians. Go ahead and turn over there, if you will. Galatians chapter 5, uh, beginning with the first verse, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Paul said, Stand therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Take a look at that. Stand therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. We have liberty now from the law because Christ has fulfilled the law. He said, Be not entangled again in that yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. If you try to live for God through and by the means of law-keeping, through and by your own efforts of doing this and not doing that and whatever the case, um, Paul said it right here, Christ shall profit you nothing. And he's speaking to some Jewish believers who had accepted Christ as their Savior, but at the same time, they were trying to bring in the law. They were saying that the boy babies have got to be circumcised in order to be saved, and certain Sabbath days have to be kept, and, and all of this sort of thing. And Paul said, if you do this, if you be circumcised, if you put your faith in the doing of these things, Christ shall profit you nothing. He said there in verse 3, For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. 
Christ is become of none effect unto you, whosoever you are who are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit, there you have it, that is the way we are to live for God, through and by the Holy Spirit within our hearts and lives. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. And the world out here has an idea of hope as being, well, maybe it's going to happen, or I hope it happens, maybe it'll happen, whatever the case. But biblical hope is not a matter of if it's going to happen. Uh, Biblical hope is a matter of when it is going to happen. And as a child of God, if we will keep our faith anchored in the finished work of Christ, the Holy Spirit will do the work within our hearts and lives. He'll keep that sin nature bound up, and he'll clean us up and make us into what we ought to be. He'll make us more Christ-like, conform us more and more into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what a Christian is, one who is Christ-like. If the program today has been a blessing to you, we hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.